How's everybody doing today? My name is Christian Wagner, and I'm the Militant Thomas. So today, we're going to be going over the Sacrament of Confirmation. This is a bit of a difficult one, because most people have have called confirmation a sacrament which does not have a theology behind it because it uh it seems a bit awkward for for a lot of people and uh you got baptism which is the the giving of new life you have the eucharist which is the uh the renewal of of that new life through the reception of the body and blood of our lord but then you have confirmation where how does confirmation fit into all of this so if you haven't already, uh, watch the first video in this series, which is on the sacraments in general. This will give you an outline of some of the language which he uses, St. Thomas, that is, in this work, which I'll be going over. And then the second one, which was on baptism, which was released yesterday. But if you go into the playlist, you should be able to see all of these. But before we get into it, please watch this ad break. Join my Patreon at patreon.com slash Thomas. You get access to more articles and videos. And if you'd like to help in another way, buy a Militant Thomas mug. Lastly, you can buy a book from Militant Thomas Press. See options below. Also, if you prefer audio, check us out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Join the Discord to get involved. And if you're a patron, you can access other Discord channels. Also, destroy that like and subscribe button and comment to annihilate that algorithm. Lastly, the show was brought to you by Fluent Greek. I'm sure you've forgotten your seminary Greek and need to get it back or just want to learn Greek to read sacred scripture in its original language. That's why Fluent Greek is here. Using modern pedagogical techniques, it is said it up so that you are reading Greek from the very beginning and learn Greek how you're supposed to learn it through reading Greek. It sorts the New Testament by verse from easiest to hardest and then gives space repetition of these verses so that you can read Greek as soon as possible. Even better, it is only 15 bucks a month to use. But if you use the code militant, you can get 20% off and help the show. Go to fluentgreek.com to learn more. And the link is in the description. Okay, thank you. We're we're back. So right here in confirmation, I think I could make it a little bit bigger. Oh, there you go. Okay, so we'll get right into it. So the second sacrament, that is after baptism, is confirmation. The matter of this sacrament is charism made from oil. So uh, remember, the matter is that thing in which the sacrament is made out of. Just like in baptism, it was water. So So in confirmation, it is oil. And that oil, which signifies the bright luster of conscience. So again, if you look at oil, it's it's nice and shiny and uh, and, and stuff, and that's going to uh, signify that um, shining forth of the conscience, which is or the mind, which is affected through confirmation, because it is a sort of illumining and strengthening of the spirit through the application of the sacrament, and then also from balsam, which signifies the odor of a good name. So again, uh, balsam is another part of the sacrament, which is mixed with the oil, and that has a good smell. And um, that signifies uh, the, the moral life, wherein um, in, in at least his day and in biblical um, language or idioms, then that would signify somebody being morally upright, is they would speak of a good scent. So both of which are blessed by the bishop. Now notice... With the oil, it's blessed by the bishop. So that is that um, this is agreed upon by everybody that the oil has to be blessed by the bishop. This isn't anything controversial, but we'll get into a little bit of controversy later. So the form of the sacrament is I sign you with the sign of the cross and I confirm you with the, the chrism of salvation in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So then this is where we'll get into the very important part because St. Thomas actually airs right here, which is, um, which is, it's not surprising. It's not his fault because uh, this was a very common view in the Latin West 
And uh, it isn't until a bit later when we have better historiography and then better relations between the East and the West that we come to realize that this was an error. So he says the minister of the sacrament is solely the bishop. So this isn't exactly right, because when you look in the um, you look in the Latin West itself, the pope um, is allowed to is allowed to uh, give faculties for a priest to be an extraordinary minister of confirmation. Although the priest is not the ordinary minister, the ordinary minister just has to do with uh, the one who the faculties reside in. So uh, that, that makes any sense. The extraordinary minister is somebody who's allowed to do it with permission. And the extraordinary minister in this case can be a priest who gives uh, confirmation. So St. Thomas isn't exactly right here. And then he says, it is not licit for a priest to anoint on the forehead with chrism those who are to be confirmed. That's not exactly right either, because not only do you have extraordinary ministers in the Latin West, but in the Greek East, uh, in the Eastern Catholic churches, then also in the Eastern Orthodox churches, you have priests who are able to, with oil blessed from the bishop, confirm people as the ordinary minister of confirmation. It's just a different of rites that, uh, that wasn't really understood in St. Thomas's time. Okay, the effect of confirmation. So the effect of confirmation is that the Holy Spirit is imparted to give strength, just as he was given to the apostles on the day of Pentecost. So this is slightly different than baptism, because baptism is about the remission of sins and the, the regeneration of the soul, the remission of original and actual sin, of guilt, punishment, about all that. But the um, the sacrament of confirmation has been described by uh, some theologians as our ordination to the laity. So just as there is ordination to the priesthood, so are we given the Holy Spirit to strengthen us for our ministry of being laymen. Just as in Pentecost, when the tongues of uh, tongues of fire resided over the head of the apostles. So thus, the Christian must boldly confess the name of Christ. So that's also part of the confirmation rite, that Christ's name is confessed. The one who is confirmed is anointed on the forehead, wherein is the seat of fear. So first, uh, with the, the signing of the cross, it is given on the forehead, and that is, uh, that is traditionally the location of the mind. So that, is, that has to do with uh, signifying that fear is being um, taken away because we are boldly confessing the name of Christ. We're being strengthened in order to confess his name, and this was also seen at Pentecost. So that he will not blush to confess either the name of Christ or especially the cross of Christ which to the Jews was a scandal and to the pagans foolishness. For this reason, he is signed with the sign of the cross. Okay, so errors concerning confirmation. And he's going to be uh, wrong here. So this is going to be a bit interesting. So certain of the Greeks erred concerning the sacrament and saying that it could be administered by one who is only a priest. So again, in the Latin West, there is extraordinary ministers of confirmation, which are priests. And in the Greek East, the ordinary minister is the priest given faculties. So this isn't exactly correct. So against this, it is said that the apostles sent the apostles, Peter and John, to impose hands upon those who had been baptized by Philip the deacon, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now the bishops of the church are in the place of the apostles, and in their place also do they impose hands when the sacrament of confirmation is administered. So I don't think this argument necessarily follows, because one, uh, it, it it is confusing uh, what's called um, um, occasional and normative rules. 
So occasional rules. So let's say you read in scripture about the Last Supper and the Last Supper was only attended by males. Now, would we say that the Eucharist can only be given to males? Well, no, because that's just telling a historical account of the reception of the Eucharist. So it doesn't necessarily in all of its details have to be followed normatively, that is by law. So in the same way, uh, while this is a occasion, this is a historical account of what happened, um, this isn't necessarily normative for the church. This is just providing a historical account. And again, I think a second point can be brought up that Philip was a deacon. He wasn't a priest. And nobody's saying that deacons can give uh, give the uh, sacrament of confirmation. So that's all I have for you today. Uh, remember to become a patron, to uh, get access to all the cool stuff, to be able to be a part of those extra Discord channels in my Discord, to be able to get extra articles and videos. And uh, in, what else do I give? I give a lot of stuff. So it's worth it. Uh, there's no minimum. You can uh, give a dollar if you feel like giving a dollar. I appreciate everything you guys do for me. Thank you, and do penance, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Lord.